Um, so. Okay, so we got the third episode here. It's third, yeah, third episode of Jamma with Joe. It's probably the fourth. Well, it's the second one that we've titled. Correct. Joe, but. Yeah, awesome. So Joe gave me homework. He's like, before it, you have to go watch for Fire. F Y R E, Fire. F Y R E, yeah, on Netflix documentary. Let's start there. This is what happens when you put too much focus on the sizzle and not enough on the steak, people. This is when you blow up. You talk about your gym or your business idea like it's going to be the shit. And you do the whole fake it till you make it, but you never fucking make it. I'm a big fan of selling shit you don't have. Like I've talked to gym owners about that before. Like, all right, well, here's what you do. Send a newsletter. I'll tell you all your membership and you tell them that there are templates, 12-week templates for every movement under the sun, every progression you could possibly think of. But don't actually make any. Wait till you get interest. You've sold someone. Like, I'll have it for you in five days because you're not going to sit there and have the time to make fucking a 12-week template for all these other fucking movements. Fire is the is the antithesis of this to a degree where this individual, Billy McFarlane, is that the correct mm-hmm. name? created a music festival on a remote island in the Bahamas and he overpromised and severely underdelivered. So let me ask you this before we even get into it. Did you know about it? Never bef- heard okay. of it. I'm not trendy enough to even know what the fuck was going on. That fire was a thing that failed. I just learned about it through the Netflix doc. So I knew about it a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, God, I wish you had of- a story like I went. <laughs> oh well it's not and i'll talk about my favorite part of the whole thing at the end of this but i knew about only from watching so much youtube because it was all over youtube because it was so much about influencers and all of the youtube like kind of news networks were yeah. like we got to talk about this thing that a whole bunch of people just got screwed out of um but i thought it was great so first of all let's talk about what it was it was a marketing play the festival itself was a marketing play for an app that they were creating yeah so like book an artist to book, come to your party. It's like the Uber. Actual, of, yeah. It's an actual, like it's a brilliant idea. It's like a really smart idea. It reminds me a little bit of Cameo, that app where you can like pay celebrities to say things and send them to you, um, which I apparently you don't know about that either. No, I don't know about that either. Uh, so cool app. Um, man, I've got to start getting. I once got Pumpernickel the mini pig who has like hundreds of thousands of followers. I sent Pumpernickel the mini pig a DM to was my wife loves mini pigs. I'm like it's my wife's birthday. Will you please do a shout out? And then Pumpernickel made a post and made a shout out to Zoe. <laughs> so is it like that? It's exactly like that. No, it really is. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's a lot of YouTubers and influencers that started on there. But basically, you go on there, you can search, and you can say like, "Hey, um, it's my friend's birthday. Will you say this?" Or "Hey, uh, John Stamos, will you say your famous famous line from the show?" Um, but it's personalized, and they just literally just pick up their camera and they do a face. And, and what's the, the monetary transaction for that? They pay for it. Yeah. So you pay for that. So it can be anywhere. I mean, I've seen them as low as 50 bucks and as high as like 250 literally just for someone to say something to you. And then you give it to your friend. A lot of people use it for gags. And they can accept or decline. Sure. So they can say like, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, but a lot of them do it. Because to them, it's like, oh, do I want to make 100 bucks right now by picking up my camera phone? Yeah. Saying something to somebody that I will never see again and then sending it. Yeah. Like the next season of my show of a uh, fucking Marvel on Netflix didn't get picked up. I need to go ahead <laughs> right. and do a, t- a million cameos to make up for that. Hey, man, you want to come to the bar tonight? Sure. Do two cameos. Pay for your whole bar trip. Right. It's like it's that simple. That's fucking hysterical. I would. I'm. I'm. Pro- is it. Is it like hundreds of dollars? Are we talking thousands, tens of thousands? What do you mean? To get them to say it? Yeah. No, it's literally a hundred bucks. Like I, they range from like 50. I've seen as high as 250. I would do that shit all the time. Literally, that is on my to-do list tonight. It's fantastic. So I don't know how to sign up for it. You may have to be verified in some way. I don't know if they like use your statistics, you know, from sure. YouTube or something like that. You have to be famous yeah, in some yeah. way. 
But yeah, I mean, it's really smart because these kids are watching him like, oh my God, I can get my favorite YouTube star to say if my I could name. Get Kelly, my birthday. wife's birthday is coming up. If I could get like Kelly Ripa to say something to my wife. She has to be on the app, but yeah, sure. Yeah, she, it would literally, <laughs> literally and that's what. It, and when you go to the app, you could see the ones that they've already sent to other people. And so they get ratings just like Uber. So it's like, they'll be like, this person sucks. So they only say it on the app. It's not like you're getting, um, an, it's not going on Instagram. It's not going on Facebook. You it's could only, use it for whatever the hell you want. Got it. So they send you the video. I can download and keep that video for all time. I mean, even if you couldn't download it, and I say like you could screen grab it, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the video. Yeah. So yeah, that's fucking crazy. It's really, it's really fucking smart. I mean, it's just so simple. You're just connecting two people. Rich Froning can make he can make thousands of fucking week yeah. doing this. I hope he's listening. Rich, he definitely is listening. Contact me. No, he's on Wad uh, Wad on the waves. Did you hear about this? No, we didn't talk about this last time. There is a thing like so when you're a CrossFit Games athlete and uh, the limelight is passing you by, or or let's just say whatever you're just you're the limelight's not passing you by. You're in your prime, but you don't make the top three spots, so you make zero money. Right there, you know, you got to leverage your platform while you have it. So there are these things like where you can pay to go train with top level athletes and all that other shit. Well, uh, a wad on the waves is where you can go on a like a carnival cruise ship with all these high-end games athletes and work out and party and all this other stuff on a cruise ship. So one of our clients here works out in the morning. He is He's mentioning it to me, and he's like, what do you think about that? Would you want to do that? I was like, I'd rather, if I was on, I, I can't think, I'd rather set myself on fire than be on a fucking carnival cruise ship with a bunch of Kool-Aid drinking CrossFitters who were just fucking just like, fran, 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 like just going ape shit and fanboying. I could not do it like if i did i would have to troll everybody just get blind drunk every day and heckle people while they work out like that would be my thing and so i said no and then coincidentally one of the companies that i'm doing content for right now is the one of the bigger sponsors they messaged me like hey you want a free spot to go on this cruise ship i think we can get you on and i just was dying yes. laughing <laughs> if i would love that first of all you should go that would have been Second a good video all, I just feel like there's some, I've never been that celebrity status guy where I'm like, oh man, that's so and so. I can't yeah, wait I'd to love shake to do a their thing hand. with them. Yeah. Now, I think there's people that I admire in business that I would love to never sit like down and have a chat with. Yeah. But I would never like go harass them on the street for a selfie. Sure. Like it's, just, yeah, it's not yeah. really my my style. So I'm wondering what the people who do view them as celebrities and have that like, what is your hope? Yeah. Like you're like, I could be near them when they bench press like I just, the fuck are they gonna do like they just work out like it's not like can you tell me your secrets you can you can look online and they show you fucking every workout that they do but that's all they that's yeah. it that's yeah. not like some secret sauce that they know that you don't that is fucking like they're so just funny. other anyway yeah we gotta get back to fire so we'll get back to fire. yeah so anyway um we were talking about rich funny making money and that's what led this so back to fire anyway i was trying to make how do we end up there so joe has me watch this for homework Right for this right. podcast, we have something to jam on, and I watch it, and I fucking loved it. I'm assuming you know why I had you watch it at this point. Well, it's got a, it's got an amazing marketing story to learn from. 100 percent. Right. right. Tell everybody at home who hasn't watched it, or maybe they have. So give it a quick can... rundown. Yeah. So the guy had an app, and was having it built out, and was trying to figure out how they're going to get more awareness to have both people try to find these celebrities and to get celebrities onto the app. Yeah. So his goal was to throw a festival like no other to bring awareness to it and use the app to book the talent. Yeah, this is like a Coachella kind of music festival, right. Woodstock kind of thing. And I guess and if, I don't know if we cut you off when you were explaining it earlier, but basically what the app did was allowed people to book artists. Yeah, yeah. That they normally wouldn't be able to get in touch with because you wouldn't need, like if I wanted Ja Rule at my party, I wouldn't even know what, like what do you DM Ja Rule? Probably not going to get through to him. Yeah. So this app was allowing you to search for artists and then cut out the middleman and booking them for sure. games like birthday parties, sweet 16s, whatever. 
So like, how are we going to get more awareness to it? We're going to throw a festival. So now it's important to know that the guy that did it is also, um, he started a Magnesia. credit card called Magnesis. And Magnesis. that was uh, basically a New York City social club it was like a black card. It was thick. It like if you've ever it's held metal, a, yeah. if you ever held a black card, they're very fucking thick. You could hurt somebody with it if you threw it hard enough. Right. Um. And it was uh, it was a magnesis. Yeah. So magnesis and it allowed you in the special clubs and then Maserati. Like you could rent a Maserati or a penthouse. And, and the thing is, it was all it was mostly bullshit. Yeah. So it was basically like a country club for millennials. Yeah. Um. And eventually they just started charging for the card. It just put other cards onto this card to use them. It wasn't even its own. Thing. It's not like it was its own bank. It was like a rewards like that. card yeah. that was metal, period. And then you could use it and link up your own credit card yep. to spend money on it. Yeah. And then they charged $250 for it. So I, I don't still don't necessarily understand other than the fact that they did a great job marketing it to that millennial in New York City. Yeah. So when you're an entrepreneur and you know how to market to millennials and get them to do shit, everybody thinks that you're the next big thing. Because um, in some ways, you probably Kind of are, be. yeah. Um, so he decides that they're going to throw this big festival. He links up with Ja Rule, which is another long story. And they end up deciding to go buy an island. But they didn't even buy. Well, they were trying to. Yeah. And then the island said – so it was, used to be owned by Pablo, Pablo Escobar. Escobar. And the yeah. people that they were dealing with were like, actually, Pablo Escobar's accountants and shit. Like, yeah. these are like These are not above the fucking fold type of people. Like, they're not – you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. They don't deal in business like this. And they said, listen – we're, we're okay with this, but you can never mention that it was Pablo Escobar's island. And literally in the fucking promo video, the first piece of content they put out, it says, it's formerly owned by Pablo Escobar. And they said, you're fucking out. Yeah. And they said, you have like you have to evacuate the island. Get off. Yeah. So now the entire premise is all bullshit already. So they find a different place. It's right above Sandals in this island. Sandals, for those of you guys who don't know, I've never been the one I hear. It's an exquisite resort location. I can only imagine. It's like the carnival. Like I think, again, like if I've Carnival ne- crashed I'm and such then a they prick just let people say Because it. I'm talking so much shit on Carnival. Like when I think of Carnival, I think of like every amusement park in the DMV, but all those people on a fucking cruise ship. Like I just think of like the really shitty Walmart version of cruise ships and I've never been on a cruise ship this is such an ignorant thing to say and then I, the same thing with sandals like when I think of sandals resort I don't think like a luxury brand right. I think like the bargain basement Groupon version of there right. and anyone who's ever been on one and it was exquisite I'm glad you had a good time and I apologize for making it seem the like pay less poor resort. and uh, lower class <laughs> <laughs> so oh good but don't ever invite me to go to a carnival cruise ship or sandals with you so cutting to the shit they decided the way they were going to launch this was just to get a bunch of influencers that were super popular on Instagram to talk about it, mm-hmm. but initially to run this promo video, which actually turned out to be better than the festival itself. And they just flew the top influencers, like I think it was like 200 of them they contacted, and then like 40 or 50 showed up, and they flew them down to this island, and they partied. They shot a killer they promo actually video. actually partied, though. Yeah. Like, so it was, it was not like, okay, let's see how we're going to make this awesome. It's like, we're just going to party. You guys grab footage. Yep. And they hired expensive people to do it, and they came up with an unbelievably great promo video for it. Yeah. Then they used Fuck Jerry, so his media company, Jerry Media, to kind of publish it out there. They contacted a bunch of people on Instagram to post this orange tile um, that just had a link to the Fire Festival promo video. And then they started selling tickets to it at Coachella and higher prices for cabanas on the beach, which didn't exist, and rooms that they didn't have for tens if not some hundreds of thousands of dollars yep. um they threw up some headliner bands they got uh kylie jenner to tweet about it and fucking post so about this it. is a huge thing it's it, to the public and people who have purchased this is going to be the most dope fucking right. 
music festival ever. In reality, it was like they using fucking like, you know, uh, like tents from fucking uh, FIFA tents. Well, here's the thing. So they had no idea how they were going to do any of it. They were just like, not FIFA, FEMA. We're going to figure this shit out. Yeah. First thing we need to do is to sell it out. So they were using this like, concept of like, we're going to fund it from the people who are paying for shit Correct. that they don't yeah. even know what they're going to get yeah, yeah. yet. And if you looked on the site, oh God, they show the cabana. It's sketches. Yeah. It was, there was no actual pictures of anything that was done before. Um, and it just kind of shows you that this inflation of what a social – because they did it in a way – and again, this is always that shit where I feel like it's retrospect that they could tell a better story because at the time, they had no idea if it was going to work or not. There's a big guess that you're just going to put it out there and hope for the best. But it worked because media outlets started to pick it up and Vice yeah, Media yeah. wrote about it and the, you know I forgot some of the other publications that put out shit about it. Um, they picked it up. They saw the footage and they're like, this is going to be the next big thing and they just put it out there. Yeah. And then the investors, there was like that one investor that was like, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. Like, this isn't real. <laughs> and to get to this, like, so long story short, this thing, go watch the doc, but like, it, 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 it shits the bed. They like, they cannot fund it. They're running out of money. They don't tell anybody. The first, all the bands and acts pull out, but not before the first wave of people show up on the island for this party and they're there. There are no beds and it just rained. Mattresses were on the floor. It was just this complete third world country kind of scenario. All the worst part was like when they interviewed the boat, the individuals on the Bahamas, those actual citizens there that worked for free and never got paid and yeah. ruined their businesses. And the one woman they talked about who had to spend her entire savings to pay her staff because she wasn't going to do her staff wrong like that. And this guy just really, not Ponzi scheme, but kind of like, a little, I mean, he literally just lied and duped tons of people out of mil- so much so fucking much money. money. And it's, so this whole thing, and while I'm watching it, I'm really fascinated by it. And then, you know, Joe obviously cued me to watch this. And then I'm thinking about, okay, cool. How does this relate to business, to marketing? As I thought about it for the micro gym industry, the biggest tie-ins is, is number one, I think I think a lot of us could do, be doing a lot more with local influencers versus Facebook ads. And I'm assuming that's one of the places yeah, you're going to go with this whole thing. Course. And And the other thing too was I do believe in a fake it till you make it to a degree kind of mentality. But damn, this would be like, Fuck, this would be like if I was building this gym on fake money and pre-selling memberships, and then I didn't sell enough memberships to cover the construction cost, and then the gym never opened. And I had sold 12-month contracts, $400,000 of 12-month contracts, and I had an upfit bill of one mil. And so nothing ever happened. Everyone got screwed, and my ass is going into jail getting pounded in the fucking ass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now – just to set I would the be doing straight. the pounding. To set the record straight, I would be doing <laughs> he did. He is in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like seven years or something. Six years, and he. I mean, he's in prison because he committed fraud. Yeah, like he lied. He's in like white collar people. country club prison. Uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, even though the fact that initially he paid the three hundred thousand dollars to get on bail, and then immediately started running another another, scam, another company, which I love scam company. Yeah. But to get back on that topic, and I think I mean you nailed it. What I wanted to talk about because of this was this concept of using the local influencer, the people who people look to, is so much more powerful than putting out the best marketing campaign that just says we're this new brand. Let us tell about yourself. Yep. People don't ever want to hear it from the source. They want to hear it from the people who experienced it. So what they did unbelievably well is they said, how would anybody ever know? Like, where are they going to look after this, after they hear about it, to go find out about it? So the first place they go is this website that they all link to. So that website had to be on brand. It had to be all the things. It had to show the exact – had to re-kind of instill that image and that feel that they were getting from all these influencers. So that worked. Then they're going to go searching on Google. 
which is on Google search not to go to the actual website, but to see what other, like the reviews on it. Sure. That, now, there were no reviews because it was an older play, right? It never existed before this. So they're like, okay, well, who else is talking about it? Well, they had all the influencers talking about it. That's normally a pretty good sign. They checked out to see if any of their friends liked the post. These are the things that people were doing. That's the social currency of, of uh, what's the word? Reputation. That's reputation right. currency. Exactly. So if you think back and you're like, okay, so when I'm trying to go out there and make this dope promo video for my gym and I shoot it awesome and I put it as the front and center of my site, yeah, that works, but you have to push people to it. And it has to be people that they trust. You just have to make sure that there's a consistent message on all those different places that they could go look after the fact. So how many times does somebody call the gym and ask you a question that's already answered on the website? All the time. Every day. Yep. Every day you get a question about pricing, you get a question sure. about membership, what's your schedule? Because they're not actually fucking looking. That's not the point. They just want to see, okay, you have a validation. Pulse. Right. Okay, the site looks good enough. The site, and I think this is something that I've preached tons of times and it just came to me this week enough another way to talk about it you know we talk about your facebook page being for prospects not as much for members have a private facebook group if you want it for your members same thing with your website right like it's for process for new people coming into the gym yep on that same token some of the best and probably the largest sum of people that are coming in and trying a gym out as a new person are coming based on referral they're not coming because you had this awesome clickbaity ad they're not coming because you went door to door they're coming because someone else was like, have you been to Urban Movement yet? And they're sure. like, no, what is that all about? They hear from it and then they check it out. Well, if you're a person that just joined a new gym, I would love to share with somebody else like, oh yeah, this is where I go. Check out this website. If their website's dope. Just as the same way as like if you meet this hot girl and you're like, oh, check her out on Instagram. What do you do? You send the person their Instagram handle so they can go look at them too. So it's giving more clout to the reasons why you should be producing this media. You should be putting it out on your website and on your social channels because that's how people like to share nowadays. If your website sucks, if your Instagram sucks, I'm less likely to share about your gym, which is your number one way of getting new members in. It's your number one way of getting those new leads and prospects in for other people wanting to share your shit. So, and I don't know if I'm the, the everyday person, I like to check for a digital pulse, but then I immediately want to go to a human voice. Like I want to like, okay, you're there, you're legit, whatever. I've got questions. I don't want to hunt your website, no matter how good the website is. I don't want to hunt. I just want to talk to somebody. I am like, I'm a huge fan. If I see there's a live chat opportunity, I will live chat immediately before I'll pick up the phone. So my thing is, I find out you have a digital pulse, and then if I can, I will live chat someone because I don't have to wait. If I pick up the phone, it's like, plus, if I have to press more than two buttons, I'm like, fuck it, I'll live chat someone. Right. I, I'm not, I don't think I've ever emailed a business. Like, I maybe have emailed, like, uh, be to be, like, responded, but I don't think I've ever inquired. Yeah, that's a live, definitely done that, but not, you not filled enough. out forms. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing it doesn't, like, so that's a personality type. The same sure. person that people are like, I just want to get somebody on the phone. And some people are like, just text me because I'm never going to answer the phone. Right? So yeah. it's like, so there's going to be different personality types, but the point is consistency in all of those different po touch points. But also, like, don't negate it because it's not your biggest strength. So just because Instagram posting isn't perfect, Make sure that there's something there that at least delivers the same message as your website yeah. and the same message as your Facebook page. And the more people that will like your stuff will share it. I'm very rarely going to share a video of the gym. It's just not interesting to me. No. But if it's a specific member of the gym that I like or this new movement or the fact that my gym went out and did a 5K together, way more likely to share it. So think about the ways that people are going to interact with the stuff you're posting, not just the quality of it. Like there's so much more content there that needs to be shareable because that's going to make a bigger imprint and make more people want to be involved in it. I mean, it, it seems so obvious to me that when I say it out loud, it's like, yeah, duh, duh, right? But it's like, 
but maybe somebody was like, huh, that does make sense. Yeah. Like there is, should be this bit of like, what's the intent behind this post? No one's going to share a fucking post of a dumbbell sitting on the ground. It looks dope. Yeah, I get it. Like, you get your fucking bokeh in the background. It's all blurred out. You have a nice light shining on it, right? And there's a Nike shoe in the background. Like, oh, cool. No one's sharing that shit. You know what they're sharing? They're sharing the fact that you guys just did a bagel run the other day. We're all sitting there eating bagels and donuts after five. That's what they want to share. So think about that because that share is what gets people to be like, oh, man, I didn't realize those two people do that. I follow them on social. Now I'm interested in your gym tangentially. So Jim Crowell over at OPEX, his, uh, the Iron and Mortar Summit this past one that we did in 2018, I think one of his opening lines or one of the, the things he posed to the crowd was, what is the number one emotion evoked from social media and posting on the internet? And the number one thing was rage was number one. And then I, I, I don't know. I want to say like humor or laughter was like number two, something to that effect. Most of the gym posts that I see are very matter of fact. We do this because this. We believe in this. If you're this and need this, we can provide that. They're just very matter of fact. Versus the things that have the, you know, when you pass them by in your timeline that have 480 comments, 32,000 shares, all that shit are funny. And like rage is one. Like if it's a political thing, that's probably why that's, you know, yeah, yeah, very polarizing. But humor is everything. So here's one. I took, and it's, I haven't done it yet, but it's going on Instagram. I found a clip of like, it's under, cause it's for IG. So it's like, I think it's 15 seconds of a cat chasing a laser pointer, trying to get to it. And I memed it. So it said micro gym donors trying to find their target audience on Facebook. That's fucking funny. It's great. Everyone loves a cat and it gets my message across <laughs> right. and that will get fucking shared like crazy. Yeah. And I, the reason I found it is I was making, I was editing a video and I was ripping some videos off YouTube and I saw a cat video and it was a, it was a laser pointer and I fucking clicked it. I watched not only that cat video playing with a laser pointer, I watched three of them. It consumed <laughs> 10 minutes of my life. I don't have a cat. I used to have a cat. His name was Kitty. Um, dude. I was like, fuck it. I found this so interesting. Somebody else will. I'm like, and I saw it. It just came. I'm like, it's like motherfuckers chasing leads on Facebook is what this cat is doing. Right. And it was just, it was just perfect. And it, it hasn't dropped yet. So when it does, fuckers like it, share it, click it, comment. But it was also true to you. Yeah. And that's the, I mean, I think that so many people look at this thing like, I don't really understand it all. Really? Because you spend an hour and a half yeah. on Instagram every day. What are you clicking on? What are if you're – especially if you're part of your target market, if you're part of the demographic of your gym, good God. Like you think that you see something and like, oh, only I would like that? Probably not. Yeah. Right? So why can't your gym have its own personality? Why aren't you sitting there thinking this is authentic to me? I enjoy this and it's tangentially related yeah. to the gym. I'm going to post it for the people that are interested in this to give them the idea of what this gym's all about. Because I think that some people get really worried about the polarizing things, which I'm not saying go to get political and things like that on your gym's Instagram. But at the same token, it's like having some opinions, having something for people to latch onto is so much better because eventually someone's gonna be like, this is the kind of gym that posts memes. I'm not into that. Yep. Cool. They're not going to fit in your fucking culture anyway. Yeah. So when you get them in the door for that lead ad that you bought from some fucking guy for $3,000 and you're praying that 500 people come in and they all come in and they're like, oh, cool. And they don't fit in. And then three months they cancel. Is that really what you wanted? You wanted three months of revenue only to find out that you're not going to be able to afford that trip that you promised your wife because they all fucking canceled three months later. Right? It was like a sandals trip anyway. I'm fucking <laughs> carnival crew, so you don't want to fucking go. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm trying to take my next this girlfriend show to fire a good job. Bringing too. it back. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. This show does a good job bringing it back. But it's what I mean, and I think that people are just missing the boat on that. 
And and I think that's why I'm trying to do it a little bit more aggressively now, just to be like, okay, let's practice what I preach because I don't do it a whole lot. I've just never been a big sharer of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like these are very. This is the low hanging fruit, yeah. right? And I'm not saying, oh, I found like I found this bar stool post funny. Let me throw it on my gym's Instagram. What I'm saying is that if you're sitting there and you're wondering why people aren't engaging, break down the psychology of it. And here's the thing: is everything like even that cat thing? I guarantee you, at some point, I've seen someone else make a funny reference or a stand-up comedian talk about cats and laser pointers. Like everything you ever going to create is never original, right? You're going to see it. It's going to so download in your brain. I Like everything I've ever made for What the Fuck Jim Talk was not an original piece of content. I saw another business coach guy talk about it. I listened – like I heard a Gary Vaynerchuk line that inspired it. I listened to a bunch of gym owners in a Facebook group talk about something and inspired it, whatever the fuck it may be. I think a lot of people just talk about – I'm not creative like that. I don't know what to do. Oh so I'm God. just going to – and it, it – not that create being creative and having that abstract kind of brain is not going to be beneficial. What I think though is that the create like open your eyes. All the inspiration you need for stuff is around you, fucking everywhere. Like literally, like we can look around here. Like so, this is like that thing. Like I got this monkey photo in my uh, this portrait in my office, and it's the it's the thinking man, but it's an ape. It's a monkey. Right, like they're a little like you could copy and steal. Like that's not the original photo. It's that dude, that famous statue. Like you can copy fucking anything and and make it your own and it and take the inspiration for you. You don't have to be the generator of it. Right. You have to be the interpreter of it. It's Plato. It was what? It's not a brick. Creativity is not a brick. Creativity is Plato. It was molded like this, and you're like, man, I really like that, but I kind of want to put it this way and move it like this, this way, and oh, that's way fucking better. It's the same fucking thing. I just remolded it for myself, repurposing other people's content like yeah. DJs do. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, and, that's and all DJs fashion do. brands? Yeah. That's all they do. I know you're making fun of me earlier for the streetwear thing. And so, like, you it, should but, see Joe right now. He is rocking some perfect. fresh. No, no, stop. We'll, we'll talk about this for a second. Joe is rocking some fresh Jordans. Did you get those? Did Santa bring you those? Those huh? are nice. Yeah, Santa brought me. <laughs> He's got his cut-up jeans. I think her name was Santa. Um, oh, my God. Ripped jeans. Thank God those are in. Um, <laughs> and he's got his champion shirt straight out of Urban Outfitters. Um, Joe Tabaldi, everybody. You done? Okay. So, so there's, a, there's a label out there called Supreme, and they've just kind of hit more mainstream in the last couple of years. And they, beast. Yeah, they made a shirt with a box. It's called the Box Logo Shirt, and it's a red box that just says Supreme in yep. it. The shirts sell for hundreds, if not some of them, are thousands of dollars. Every fucking company out there right now has a box. Around. You can go walk down in the middle of Charlotte yeah. and see 15 people walking around with a box shirt that says Charlotte. Yeah. And guess what? That's not a Supreme shirt. No. They were like, that's dope. A lot of people are buying it. Let's throw it on a shirt and see if it does well in this. Now, they didn't put Supreme on the damn shirt. <laughs> they put Charlotte on yeah. it. They gave it their own little touch. But you don't have to come up with everything from scratch. And there's a lot of things out there that you're like, wow, this worked really well for this car dealership. I wonder if it would work for my gym. These yeah. same paths that, that draw people's attention is attention. Yes. If people are getting, how many fucking people out there are just using hot girls? That's it. I can name brands across every different demographic, every different thing that you're selling, and they just use hot girls. Ignite. Dan Bilzerian's entire personal brand is about posting hot girls in his yep. Instagram. And so guns. he launches an Ignite. The, his yeah. smoking company. and that's all girls just walking in bikinis there's not even a fucking sign of what they're doing on there but it gets attention so at some extent i'm not again like there's just different ways and there's different mediums that people can find this stuff and i feel like you don't have to necessarily come up with everything on your own but at the same time you don't have to be this fucking genius to be like huh 
that works for them. Let me try it for me and see what, what does and doesn't work. The So, for example, Microgym University, right? Another a plug. I wish I'm, we had a, a soundboard. Can we get a soundboard? Because I just feel like every time we plug something, we can like make a fucking noise. <laughs> just, just like, we should. It we drives should. people to it. So, the iconic Animal House Jim Belushi photo, black and white with the college shirt. Oh, I'm going to get in that same college font, Micro Gym University. I'm going to get a black and white photo of myself standing there looking dazed and confused, half drunk kind of thing, just like Belushi. And that's going to be one of the images I use to it's push perfect. Micro Gym University. And it's just going to say it exactly like it said, just college on there. It'll work. Yeah. I think it'll work. And even if it doesn't, and at least I fuck it just practicing the fucking engine of creating something. Because every time you create something, again, whether you stole it, you know, molded it off something else, I think that's good. It's like it's like working out. It's like doing push-ups or work. It's it makes you better at the thing. You have to do reps at creating. Plus, we talked about this on the last podcast too, where it's like doing it in any facet, even if you're not succeeding at it, is just making you better for the next thing that comes out. Because 100%. most of the new things that come out are not completely. It's not a new wheel. Yeah. Right. It's the same wheel with a different tire around yep. it. It's a different rim. So it's like okay, I now want to go. And we, this is how you learn web design. It's like. Cool, you learned HTML and CSS to be able to build a basic web page. Now go find a web page on the internet and recreate it. Yeah. The exact same page. That was literally my first three months of doing shit was just finding web pages that I liked and seeing how close I could get to match them. I wasn't going to use any of those. They were literally pages that already existed on the internet under their businesses I didn't own and it didn't really matter, but I learned how to do that. Now I could take it to, a, wow, when I want to make a call to action, cool, I could use this one that I learned how to make from watching Ford's website, all those different things. So I just feel like, People are hesitant to even try it because they think it's not going to come out good. And let me just cut to the chase. It's not. It's not going to come out good. The first one, but the second one might. The third one might. And eventually, you're going to catch some rhythm and be like, and then a new platform comes out and you're going to be leaps and bounds in front of everybody else. But no one's playing the long game. No. It's just like, I'm gonna, if I can't do it right perfect today, I'm either going to hire it out or I'm going to skip it. Ah, and there's some shit I think you should hire out, but at the same time, yeah, I I like, I want you to know enough to be slightly dangerous and then, and then, and if you got the money, move on. And the slightly dangerous thing, there's a, there's a real reason behind that. It's because when you hire out, you should fucking know if they're good or not, right? Like if I've never touched anything and this guy makes, I'm like, holy shit, I could do that. Well, if you've never tried it, you have no idea if it's good or not. 100%. Right? So like you can look at the videos you edit and then you look at the videos that Chris will edit or that I will edit and you're like, I see how much more difficult that is now. 100%. So I appreciate it and I'm willing to pay for that difference because I don't want to have to learn that. But if you've never tried it, maybe you're better than the fucking guy you're paying to do it. You've just never tried it out. I don't know. Like I just feel like there's not there's not a lot of people out there trying to do these Are things. Are you saying I'm sucking at, I suck at editing videos? No. I, you know I just complimented you before we even got on this podcast, which I was super impressed by that video <laughs> from So Nashville. what Joe's talking about, if you haven't gone to YouTube, I really, really here's want to just – plug noise. Here's another plug. Yeah, hit the plug. I want I to just keep pushing noises. more people to the YouTube channel to put that kind of long shit out. Um, yeah, man, that Nashville trip. The, but So let's, the, the fun part about Nashville, the, the berries, besides the bachelor party, that was a good time. The Barry's trip. And was, that was the first time I'd ever heard of Barry's yeah. Boot Camp. So you know they're coming to Atherton Mill here in Charlotte. No, I didn't know so that was just perfect timing. So Barry's has different levels of their clubs, right? Like the Manhattan is one of the higher levels. And then there's the, we're not going to call it like the mediocre, but for whatever level of district like a Nashville is, it matches very well with what the Charlotte market is. Okay. So their drop-in was uh, $25, which is what my drop-in here. So mm-hmm. it, it was a really good compar- comparison. So for those of you guys, if you didn't watch the video, go subscribe, watch the fucking video, and 
it, here, here's Barry's boot camp. Notifications on. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's Barry's boot camp. Twelve hundred square foot studio that fits over thirty people. There's sixteen woodways. Now a woodway, everyone, all the CrossFit kids think of the woodway as the motorless woodway treadmill thing with the little arc in it. Okay. That's not the one they have. They have the woodway that is an actual motorized treadmill. I've never I haven't heard of a woodway. So yeah, I think a woodway true form runner, like oh, okay. really high end treadmill company. Now, I have not run on a treadmill since I can't even tell you the last time I ran on a treadmill. It was an amazing running on a treadmill experience. Really nice. Like even the the fucking which you know on all those treadmills, the uh, heart rate monitor sensors always blow. They never right. read right. This thing was just an exquisite thing. But anyway, so Barry's, you walk in and you've got this twelve hundred square foot studio. They all have like that orange lighting, very clubby. Like if you look at the video, it just everything looks like it's like why is it just black and orange inside this building? The outdoor lobby, though, that has the retail for the sports bras for $98 a piece and the pants that are $132 is like 2,600 square feet, almost probably double the actual fitness studio for their smoothie bar, for the reception. And they have an entire mural, this dope fucking graffiti mural with a ring light just like that one for for your selfies. That's it. Uh, it, There was a line at the end, the instructor. It was almost like it's like – rehearsed the instructor got done and it was his last class so maybe this was special because he announced us this is my last class which i think that's why kind of he kind of didn't give a fuck right he walks out high fives everyone as they walk out he walks right to the the wall and there's a line of women to take photos with him because it's his last class and to take a selfie in front of the his very last self- ever yeah he was leaving got the it. company okay, moving and maybe he's going to the charlotte market i don't know it was an incredible experience just from an operational capacity. That's the only piece of equipment they have is there's woodways, and then there's little plastic bullshit benches, the same ones Orange Theory uses. Now, on one half of the gym, heavy dumbbells. Heavy dumbbells are from 25 to 65 pounds. I don't even so, have 65-pound dumbbells. This one here, the, the lighter weight ones are from 5s to 20s. The movements, you're just sitting there, you're just doing isolation movements. So you sit there, we're doing bicep curls. Then you lie back, you do skull crushers, then you do some V-ups, you do plyometric lunges, you'd run back to your treadmill. Who in the fuck, like, and the guy, one of the guys I brought, one of my uh, uh, gym owners, Mike, Mike is a big, strong fucking dude. We weren't, like, Mike wasn't even using, like, I was like, who in the fuck in this kind of gym is using these goddamn 65-pound <laughs> dumbbells? But it was, it was incredible. And people came in, there was not a single thing coached, not one bit of coaching, just a, a quick demonstration, this is how you do it, go. Right. So it's the monkey see, monkey do. Jeff. Um, like, it look very around. much, yeah. very much. But and then so me and uh, my boy Miller and a couple of the guys were there, and I was like, "What do you think?" And John lives here in Charlotte. John's like, "Sometimes it's nice just to go to the gym and not have to think. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to listen to you talk about technique. I I've don't want. I just want to to you for like two I know, years. It's I just like, want to run and, and lift for that amount of time. And I really am I doing it wrong? Yeah, just show me. I don't care if I. Here's the thing: is I don't care if I do it well enough. To care, I just want to move. I just want to work out. Right. I just want to move. Just move. Just move. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, like that was the amazing. Oh, you need more whiskey? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I was pressing the button for our plugs. Oh, our plugs. Oh. Um, but yeah, the berries was a was a great trip. Three. Uh, so so what, what's their membership? Like, I membership don't, like, is going to be three hundred dollars a month. God. So they're like an Orange Theory. Yeah. And where did that start? Do you know? No, New York, I think. Okay, but I but I don't know if Charlotte can support a three hundred dollar a month membership. I yeah. I, I I here's the thing in a boutique fitness thing, I'm not sure. And again, I I'm I'm almost positive that location was like two ninety or something. It's like about three hundred. 
for their unlimited whatever. They have other options. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I do, it'll be interesting seeing. So I have Brandon Cullen came down today. We grabbed coffee. Uh, that's the uh, metabolic founder, right? Co-owner. And we were shooting the shit, and he was saying the same thing. He's because Soul Cycle. Remember, I told you Soul Cycle was coming down here. Yeah, they are. They're just not doing Atherton, but they're not doing the South End, the downtown area. They're going to one of the suburbs, South Park. Hmm. So you know, it'll be interesting to see if our market can support something like that. But again, it's it's not bad for me. There's people way smarter than me up that work at Barry's HQ, and fucking will figure out that hey, the Charlotte market makes a lot of money, and yes, it will support this. So. I welcome it with open arms. Can I ask you a question about pricing? If I said no, would that make a difference? Do you feel – no, no, no. Do you feel like this is a bubble? Why do you think someone's willing to pay $300 a month to do a single type of exercise? Because people spend that amount of money on their car, and they're in their car maybe an hour a a month, two hours a month tops. But that's that's fucking bullshit. If I'm driving to work every day, 20 minutes – I'm in my car for 40 minutes Nobody every day. Sh- okay, so maybe, okay, so maybe in Charlotte. Okay, so um, because I can find other activities that people pay an equal amount of money for for the same – okay, the bar. There are people that will drop $300 sure. at the bar in a night. Right. So the fact that someone's going to spend $300 for an entire month – Of doing the same thing constantly. It's the same experience. But it's like, social. Why it's are you sexy. picking that over the $40 a month, $60 a month gyms? Again, the cliche thing that if we were to pull anyone listening, they get everyone yelling, experience, do say experience. It, it's experience. But at the same time, it's also status. People join a soul cycle because when you go to – it's a status thing. Got Lululemon it. is a status thing. Berries will be a status thing. My hope is that urban movement becomes a status so thing. So community. <laughs> so community <laughs> in a sense of like – not community meaning like we're richer oh, than the, you community. Right. Yeah, like, we make like more I, money. I walk around with a Starbucks 100%. cup versus a Dunkin' cup yes. because it matters that Correct. people see me it's with brand. a brand. Right. Brand. Got it. That's again, you know, one of the big things that's been coming out a ton and you would just lose your fucking shit. The amount of guys in the space that I'm in saying don't worry about brand. Don't worry about brand. Just ugly is profitable. Have an ugly landing page, an ugly website, run the gimmicky ads. It doesn't fucking ma- matter. Just fuck bitches, get money. You don't need you don't need to worry about brand. Unless you're doing 10 million dollars a year, 5 million dollars a year, no one gives a fuck anyway. But then you kind of wonder why the fuck are you starting a business? Yeah, right? Like 100%. Because at some point, you know, this whole follow your passions thing has the breath of truth because it's all on a spectrum and I'm not saying that you should just do whatever you're passionate about because it's not necessarily going to make this the money that you want to make for your lifestyle. But to some extent you're like, hmm, if I uh do something that I don't like all the time, eventually I will get worn out doing it. And I think the reason that they say to follow your passion is not because you should be doing whatever you want every day, but because you won't quit when it gets fucking hard. Correct. Right? Like you're going to face a time when business is not doing as well. And if you're running gimmicky landing pages, the first thing that's going to come out of your mouth is it's because of these fucking landing pages. It's because we ran that fucking campaign. It's because we didn't give a shit about what our gym looked like when you walked into it. And that's what you're going to go back because there's that, that bit of insecurity that's like, I know this isn't exactly what I want to do. And now I feel like I, that's that now becomes my excuse funnel. It's like, cool. I'm just going to give it all to the excuses of the, this isn't the way that I always imagined. Yeah. It. Well, then do it the way you fucking imagined it. And if it doesn't work out, that's actually better. Yeah. <laughs> because at least then you're going to get yourself out of it before you realize that you're not going to be able to sell that brandless gym when you want to exit. Sure. And you're not thinking about when you're 64 and don't have a 401k because you just ran this – non-branded doesn't matter 
funneling gimmick bullshit. And I get what a lot of guys were saying. I had a phone call with one of the gym owners, and he hit, you know his thing was, Stu, what I was trying to say was there are gym owners that don't need to be worried about branding. They need to be worried about sales. And I agree with that 100%. There's oh, a stage in your business where, yeah. yes, like, no, you probably shouldn't worry about the fucking italic font and the look of the website as much as you probably just need to get motherfuckers in the door to pay your shit. However, though, there is a point like, you know, I was I would uh, in the Nashville video, I was talking a lot about or went and met with one of my original mentors, the guys that got me into this whole globo gym, which thing. I definitely want to come back to because that's what that was my favorite part of the video. Got it. And that was urban active and then urban movie. You just see the tie ins. But it's nice. Like when I walk around here, my DNA is fucking it's just like I fucking jizzed all over this motherfucker. Like if you took a black light to it, you'd see stew fucking DNA everywhere. And there's something about that. It's like when people hear about their house poor. Right, they right. bought their first house and they put all their money into it. They can't go out on the weekends because they, they literally just live in their house because they can't have any money because they built it out exactly as they wanted. All, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, yeah, I might not be happy. My buddy can't come out and get a beer with me, but at the same time, he's put like when you walk into a house, you're like, fuck, dude, this he place feels is dope. good every he single feel, day. When he walks in there, exactly. First car I ever leased. It was like way out of what I wanted to pay, but every day I got into it, I'm like, yeah. What kind of car was it? It was a, one of the Optimas when they first changed the look of the Optima. And I was like, this is a cool looking car. It had all the tech. So I had to get the one that was all teched out. Sure, that's course. what I enjoy. And it was out of my budget, although I didn't really know how to budget at that point. But I was like, this is definitely more than I should be spending. But every fucking day I got into my car, I'm like, yeah, I feel good. Yeah. And what a, like, you need that shit in your life. You need that stuff that now, okay, I'm just going to have to work a little bit oh, harder yeah. or find another way to make it because this makes me happy. 100%. First vehicle, a way overpriced GT Mustang that I shouldn't have been driving, that I fucking wrapped into another car. It was just a bad idea, but I felt like the shit going into a high-driven, high-pressure sales job right. every fucking day. And again, younger, lower maturity, shit like that got my dick hard. It works, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and, and things change. But yeah, going back to brand versus Brand market. and sales. Yeah, brand I, and sales. Because I love this because I do agree that you have a natural knack for sales. And I think that that video – if like I would, I love just that part of the video where he's talking about like we took you and showed you like here's your fucking quota. Oh yeah, this is what you have to do, or else you're not successful. Full podcast with Ambrose will be dropping soon. Psst. We need this plug. plug. Thing. We, we need, need this it. plug. Button. I don't know what the noise is for. Should plug? we just get like one of those rubber horns? Well, because I'm thinking about it, and I'm like plugs don't make any noise. <laughs> like if I was thinking of it very literally, like there's no like noise and you plug something in. We'll figure it out. Um, but I love that. That was the first driver because to some extent that's why so many CEOs are former salesmen yeah. because they understand that without sales, you don't have anything. You could have the coolest fucking brand on the block. If you're not selling it, you're, just not, you're not going to survive. So it's always going to be a, a super important part of your business. So again, I think that when someone says your brand doesn't matter, I believe that, that is, you're making something white and black that again lives on a spectrum yep. where it's like you're right. The font of your subheadings on your site probably don't matter when you're not making enough money to make the rent. True. However, putting up a shitty site is different and not having the right information on your site is different than not having the right subheading. And brand goes so much further than the damn fonts and logos and colors, which is where everybody goes when they talk about brand. But I will preach this until the day I die. The way that your person at the front desk answers the phone is part of your brand. The way that you respond to emails is part of your brand. The way that the person feels when they use the facilities at your gym is part of your brand. It's not just the fucking font. All right, we're back. It's the last time we did this too, I got interrupted. Um, who were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about, uh, so yeah, there was a gym that 
I'm assuming that's where he picked up. Yeah, Jim reached out to me about the branding and marketing. We were talking about it. And I was telling, I was showing Joe afterwards. It's really funny because the guy who is, you know, making this post about not, you know, don't give a fuck about branding was fucking stealing all of mine. He had hashtag sweat local on the front. He had a move and lift class. So, I mean, oh. move and lift. Kind of makes more sense, And, actually. you know, listen, he was cool. <laughs> I uh, I DM'd him, or we were messaging, and we got on a we had a, got on a quick call, and he was cool. He took it all down for the most part, and um, it's all good. Uh, but at the same time, I think the branding versus marketing kind of scenario is, is something that people don't understand the difference of. Like, I walked um, – we took one of these, Joe, one of these cups, filled them with a bunch of little, like, promo to the Red Clay Cider, to Project Lead Nation, to us, to Freddie – and nice little little bags, and Isaac just wrote a handwritten note on there. Welcome to the neighborhood, your neighbors, Urban Movement. And I just literally walked them around to all the townhomes. I got to meet with pretty much almost everybody over there. They answered the door, got to hand it to them. I didn't sign anybody up. I didn't make any money. I didn't schedule any consultations or day ones. But people came up, and they're just like, man, that was really cool. Thank you so much. One guy <laughs> came in today with his mug. Like, that's brand. That's brand. Yes. God, it's so good. You know – that made me think of so many things that I want to say at once that just kind of clouded my whole head. It's either that or the Jameson. But, like, I think that there's another piece that I'd like to hit on here. And I know I touched on this last time, but this is, like, super important to me. We talked about this briefly, but just for the sake of this. How many people do you say come and try the gym based off of the advertising effort that you make versus referrals? People yeah. that are, like, it's always going to be a referral. Right. Okay. So if we know that and we know that we're saying, like, how much money we're willing to spend on Facebook ads and Google ads. It's like, like how much of that money is going back into figuring out better ways to have people refer people. I just like, it just seems so obvious. I mean, I think the biggest disconnect for me is that I never owned a gym, but that doesn't mean that I don't have some psychology in me that it's like, sure, this is just what I would do if I had one where it's like, how much could I spend on a single member knowing like, how much would you pay for a new member that's going to convert right now? As long as under, under $700. So think about that, yeah. right? That's why, oh, God, that's such a beautiful number, right? Because when I hear somebody say that I want to spend $100 a month on Facebook advertising, I'm thinking to myself, why? Why not 700 Because if you can get one member out of yep. it, it's now suddenly worth it. And they say, oh, I don't have that kind of free cash. Do you? Really not? I think that you could find it if you looked for it. Sure. On that same flip side, what are you doing to help promote in the community that you exist? Right? Like, why are you thinking that, oh, everybody's online? Guess what? You're competing with people that have way more followings, way more interesting shit to post, and way more things that are more tangible to the people that are looking at it than you get. This is the most crowded. I'm holding my phone. That should be relevant. I'm holding. This is the most crowded highway in the fucking world. Yeah. Good luck. Have you been to, to the mall? Banners in the mall are all Orange Theory right now. You go in Uptown right now, there's an Orange Theory banners where there's not even fucking Orange Theories. Yeah. And you're like, just for their branding because someone saw that. They're like, huh. That's interesting because it's true. I'm limited when I look up because I'm constantly looking down at my phone. But when I look up, that's becoming a lot cheaper <laughs> than, than what you're – Facebook and advertising – crowded. It's Facebook crowded. advertising is becoming more expensive now. Like it's not – it was. It was a gold mine a couple of years ago, and it's starting to meet its potential. It's starting to become a pricier way to advertise because people that have been out there are killing it. They're better than you, and you're paying for their expertise. You're paying for them to, to not – you're not going to compete with what's out there right now if you have no clue what you're doing. You're going to have to really kind of try to figure it out. So why can't you reverse that and say for that same $700 that you're willing to get one $700, I promise you one client, and I'm going to go get 30 shirts made, and I'm going to go take my two 
trainers, two coaches. We're going to go to the mall. And we're just going to walk around talking to people for a fucking day. And guess what? Maybe that doesn't convert anybody in that single day. But those people then, yeah, I got this free shirt at the mall. It's weird. They were just walking around. They're talking about you. Yeah. That is how you get on the lips of people in your town and suddenly you become more relevant. People just have to talk. They'll be like, did you see that crazy uh, red-haired bearded dude that was in there in the short pink shorts hanging out t-shirts for his gym? I didn't even get it. Isn't that funny though? What was the gym called? Oh, I think it was called Urban Movement. It's like, that's it. Yeah. I don't, I don't get I it. I did this on a podcast. Maybe, I don't know if you were on it, but I talked about in the summertime, you know, if you were in an area that with, you know, higher millennial like we are at, uh, pool parties. Go and sponsor the pool party, buy the Hell cups, yeah. buy the beer pong balls, put your logo on it, buy the floats, the rafts, all that. St. Patrick's Day is coming up. I guarantee you, any of you fuckers, if you've ever gone out on a St. Patrick's Day where you did St. Patrick's Day, your shirt gets fucked up. I guarantee you, you could go out on St. Patrick's Day with a Kelly green shirt of whatever the fuck it is your logo is. Put the logo in white or orange. Now, if you could put something St. Patrick's Day ask on the front, trendy, and just on the nape of the neck, your logo, and you went and just handed them out, there would be people who would just wear them because they got beers. They got spilled their Guinness yeah. on their shirt. Same thing with the Super Bowl. When the Super Bowl hits, if you are in, uh, is it Atlanta? No, we're, yeah, it's Atlanta this year. If you are in Atlanta and you come up with colors that are very, very similar to those of the teams, and th- there's a million ways to ride the trend of a national holiday, of a cyclical cultural phenom like pool parties, and get your shit out in front of people. But again, it's just easier to find a guy on Facebook and pay him some money to run some ads because you think this thing is magical and they just show up. Right. Not that Joe and me are not saying at all that Facebook ads don't work and not to do them. Right. But that is not. Don't put that one bullet in your gun. Well, like we said, if you knew, if you're just take the take the context out of it and say you're a new business owner, it doesn't matter what your business is, and eighty percent of your leads come from referrals and twenty percent comes from other on a pie chart. And you're spending 90% of your budget on the 20% of things and 10% of your budget on the people that are actually referring them. That's a fucking problem. Yeah. You would never tell that person, yep, 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 I would continue to spend the way you're – and I think we went over this in spring training a little bit. I had that slide that talked about we're spending all the money pre-sale and not sale and post-sale. I, again, I love to – I hate tooting your horn, but I'm going to – that Christmas party, inviting the people that quit your gym was just the fucking be- – I just yeah. it was such a cool way to end the year because I'm like, this makes so much fucking sense. I reconnected with the eight people that I used to work out with all the time, and now we have an open chat going, and I'm pretty sure somebody already came back from that. It's like it just makes sense because at the end of the day, even if I don't re-sign up, I don't think your goal of that was I'm going to get these eight people. For everyone who doesn't know, yeah. we had our Christmas party this past year, and we did it at the bar that we did, we've done the last couple of years. And I invited everybody, Isaac personally, text messaged and called everybody who's canceled the gym this year, especially those that left or surrounding the rebranding controversy. And everybody, I mean, like literally, I think maybe 2%, 3% did, like majority showed up. It was awesome. And when everyone's drunk, they're like, man, my gym fucking blows, but I fucking, you know, it's CrossFit, but you're not like, man, it like they, it was cool as fuck. Nope. Like I always told Isaac during that whole rebrand, when everyone cancels, as long as people are say they're good dudes over there, like it just wasn't my flavor on the menu anymore, but they're good fucking people. They will be so likely to refer their friends. They're afraid to go to the hardcore CrossFit gym. And that is exactly what I wanted to get at. And it's like, you think about what intention is there. 
And I think the person says, yeah, yeah, but how many members did you get from that yeah. too? And it's like, that's not the I fucking know. point. It the just... point is that for about three weeks after that, I told every fucking person I met that, that I went to this party and why I went and about Urban Movement. Everybody. And like, I, I get it. I talk about a lot of things, but it's like, this is what, this is how you generate that buzz is because someone hears me saying it tangentially. Maybe they're not even in the conversation. They're just nearby. I look like a fit dude. They're like, wow, a fit dude used to go there. That sure. sounds like an interesting gym. He has good things to say about it. Do you know how positive an impact it is to have good things to say about something you left, right? Like how positive do you talk about your exes? You're like, nah, this one's crazy. This one's that. But the one that you're talking good about, everyone's like, Man, she must have been pretty yeah, good yeah. If, if, like, if she cheated on you and you're still talking positive about her. You know, when her, people say like, brand doesn't matter, I'm like, okay, let me ask you that. You're, how would people describe you? How would your five closest friends describe you and the last five people that are not your closest friends but ran into you describe you? That's called reputation. That is – reputation is your personal brand. Reputation is the brand of your business. So, like, when people say brand doesn't matter, I'm like, you're saying your reputation doesn't matter? Because, again, it's, it be, it's because they're defining brand as the logos, the assets that you're putting in media files, the fonts on your website, the colors of your gym. If one more fucking I also person think asks it's me, too, it's also what's this? the best color to make? I'm like, does it matter? Does it matter? Ma like, it, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter at all. I'm saying that in this realm of what's important and what's not, the way that people feel when they're at your business, has to be number one. It 100%. just has to be number one. Yep. I can't imagine something – like think about Steve Jobs. The reason that Apple existed in the way that it did was because he could have been the low-cost provider. They could have gone the Dell route and said, we can build that computer for the same price as them. Let's be competitors because we'll have a better logo than them. No, he said people care about the experience. They care about the feelings and the emotions they get when they use the product. So we're going to do our best to elicit those emotions and then charge like yeah. ridiculously high prices. And someone's going to come in and say, I don't understand. This is the same thing that I'm buying over at Dell, but it's $600 more. And they say, yep. Mm -hmm. And they go, well, why wouldn't I just buy a Dell? By all means, go yeah. buy the Dell. We don't care. And then they go use the Dell and they're like, holy shit, if I get one more McAfee antivirus fucking thing, I'm going to kill myself. And they go to Apple and it's like, oh my God. I don't get errors anymore. I don't break shit anymore. This makes me feel good. Oh shit, people notice that I'm using app. And that's how you build a brand like that. They built it off of the emotions that people have. And that's where branding goes. And so, bra so going brand to Brand is the way you feel correct. when this, you're with somebody's this business. This lends itself to people don't understand brand. So me and Isaac, and Isaac, I don't know if you can hear me over here. I'm going to talk about you. Um, me and Isaac are talking about, I said, I've got an artwork idea I want to do in the gym, right? So in the back of the, the back wall, I wanted to put what back? Uh, oh, the, the back, back the center back okay. wall here. Um, it is a uh, a gray color. It's called Cityscape Gray, and I originally wanted to just kind of put the Finder movement or a hashtag Sweat Local kind of in the center, right? But with the ergs, if it's the rowers or the ski ergs are up, it'll block it. And then I thought about this hashtag Sweat Local. I'm like, what does it mean? I'm like, it means dick. I legally own it. I can go after anybody else who uses it in any way to generate revenue legally. The fuck does it mean though? It means nothing until people start using it. Just kind of like Fire Festival, going back and bringing it back. Right. To what we were talking about before. How? What? How's the? What? What way? What could I do to get the most amount of people using it? Could I encourage all my members to use it every day on their post? Sure, but we're talking. A, that's a very long, long fought war. One very small micro battles at a time. However, I'm gonna get Hollis Austin, who's the girl who did has done all the artwork in here. Get her to outline hashtag sweat local very big on that back wall, like pretty much almost covering the entire thing. That way, no matter whatever kind of equipment I put in there, you would never not see the hashtag sweat local, but she'll only outline it. 
in the Argos white, which is the white on the opposing wall, outline it, and then in the bricks, you see the diagram I have up there? Hashtag sweat logo at the top. It's in the blue. Yeah. I know it's hard with the ring light. So she doesn't fill in the letters, Joe. We do a giant sweat local fundraiser for a local charity. I invite everyone. We invite Dodge. We invite Block. We invite every gym. We invite anyone who does fitness related, all the influencers. We invite all the members, their family, big free workout, do a bunch of classes all day. And everyone who comes, we give them those paint pens. And they go inside each block and they just write why they sweat local. Now, nobody knows besides me and Isaac and you that we actually own Sweat Local, that it's a thing that's, that we're trying to make identify with Urban Movement. People will see it and they'll think it like, I drink local, I you know I skate local. They'll just think it's a generic thing. They'll all show up. I will get, get Lululemon on it. I'll get, I'll get 100 people to come in, 200 people. And everyone fills in these bricks as they're writing as to why. And for, the cool thing from an art, like from afar, you'll think it was painted in. As you get closer, you see people have written. Like it's those kind mosaics. Of, yes, mosaics, yeah. exactly. I think that having a huge event around that would be the biggest branding move I could do for that for that thing I've paid a lot of money for to own this hashtags for local is to put an event behind it and then when people hear it now they might still associate it might you know they might people might be going to metabolic or another gym and say I sweat local there and that's perfectly fine it's not like we're going after people like that but the bottom line is you start making it come alive with branding I look at it as marketing is here I am this is what I do are you interested can I coerce you into being interested branding is making an idea come to life and then making somebody feel a certain way whether fuck that or I love that and so and this is the first time Joe's hearing this idea, so I want him to like shark tank this thing and poke <laughs> holes in it. But yeah, so the entire wall, it's outlined. Everybody comes in. They fill in little bricks. No one signs their name or anything. I don't want identities attached to it. I just want sayings, whatever. And if someone writes some fucked up shit, we always paint over it or whatever. But like, I think that's – talk about the fucking 100, 200 selfies that get taken in front of their brick that day. Well, so that was my first question is if it's that big, you can't be How, captured So, so that was originally why we wanted to make it smaller. We originally sized it up perfectly for a selfie. And then the more I thought about it, I was just like it's – it won't have – it will not – like I, I sit outside this window a lot now. Now that the lounge is done and all the furniture is there, it won't do it. it – I don't think it's strong enough. Maybe if I put it high enough – but then people can't write on it. Yeah, I just you know, it's just one of these things where I I think if it's big enough, it's just it's so fucking powerful. Can they selfie? No, but there's a lot of really big things that you have to. It's hard to selfie in front of, and you still do. You do it in an angle or whatever. I still think I don't think it stops people from taking the selfie. So the addition that you make to this to make it so that people can do it is to add right next to it. This is where I get the free advice, guys. This is why Literally, I do the podcast yeah, with Joe. I get free I'm advice. I'm going to invoice you. After this. <laughs> I'm going to invoice everybody that's listening to this. Uh, no, so, I mean, I feel like right next to it, and I, this is going to sound gimmicky, but this is where I – so, again, we've talked about a 100 times. Gimmicky doesn't mean bad. It has a t- negative connotation. I don't think it's bad at all. It's just a different way of doing it. So I think right next to this giant sweat local thing, right off to the right, in just black paint, you write, today I sweat local with the hashtag sweat local with a fucking arrow down. Now you give people a place next to it to now spread it in a very simple way, but also sign the wall because that branding will serve better for people walking in as a visual than it will on the back of an Instagram because so, if they can't see it, they don't get it. So what you're talking about is this, and I'm going to pull this up, and you're going to say exactly, so it's exactly what I'm talking about. Should I say that anyway? <laughs> uh, this is exactly what you're talking about. 
the best thing you could do with art, guys, is to make it interactive. I know what you're going to pull up. The thing in Nashville with the wings. Yep, I fucking knew it. I oh, knew it. Nashville God. wings. If you guys don't know in Nashville, put in Nashville wings into Google, and you'll see a giant mural that it'd be really hard to selfie with unless you're back. People are able to do it, but it's a pair of wings. And the wings are separated by about two feet, enough for you to stand in the middle of them, and it looks like you have these giant wings on you. It's right outside of Barry's Boot Camp in the Gulch in Nashville. I love that. Isaac, did you hear Joe's idea? Me and Isaac were going back and forth on this idea. She was for it. Me and Isaac had a conversation, and this will be interesting. And I will also warn, just on the side note, like it's going to be tougher to achieve the look that you're going for with that mosaic look, just generally. That's going to be a tough – like you're going to have to really plan that shit out because that's not an easy You mean like people, the writing when they put in the brick won't yeah, fill it out enough? Yeah, like it won't fill it out enough. It won't look exactly like you're imagining it. Like I would actually recommend it being smaller than what you're imagining. Again, you didn't like fucking write it out. But yeah. like I know in your head it's fucking huge. Yeah, it's and really I think big. Just a little bit smaller than what you're imagining because – I, wouldn't you rather have the 130th person not be able to fit in their shit and have to squeeze it? Like, I'm picturing yeah. it way more almost graffiti style where it's like people's shit is overlap. Like, I don't yeah, I yeah. don't see it conforming to like a single brick. To a single brick. Right. I think like just let them fucking write it Free. and fill and find almost like uh, you did with the yearbook. Yep. Where it's like people are signing the like, 99, whatever you graduate, 87. <laughs> so like, uh, <laughs> so you can fill in their names like inside the letters. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That makes more sense to me. Um, but yeah, I think that works perfect. Now you have the big piece that people come in and it's the first thing they're going to see when they walk into the gym. But the reason I think the event would do so good is we told them the purpose was this free workout, raising money for blank, plus... Oh, no, no, yeah. The the free workout, it works perfectly. I'm just saying... I'm saying not the free workout. I think people come more excited because they get to be a part of this art project. When you tell them you're going to come in and you're going to help us do this thing. Oh, no, I love that idea. I'm just saying that, like, picture it a little bit smaller than what you're imagining because people will write stupid small... They're just not thinking like that. So make it a little bit smaller, but not, I mean... So me and Isaac get into this conversation. Me and Isaac get in these conversations daily, but uh, they sound like arguments to the outside world. But they're more just very intelligent uh, arguments and uh, and <laughs> passionate sen- discussions. Passionate discussions. <laughs> and you know, Isaac's thing was, can we incorporate a way to highlight the members and giving the members an opportunity to um, to partake in this as well? And I and I and I got that. And so I think what we we came to um, a really good compromise on it. Because there's going to be a lot of bricks to do, more than what we'll probably service in the workout. So maybe we do a night before we do a, one of our sweat socials. Right. That, and we oh, get first them, of all, that makes – like if your members don't have the first chance of yeah, signing this, I think the, it's a The fail. members sign it first right. and they – you know, guys, help us get this art project started. We'd like for you guys – you know, whatever. Um, but I told her and I was very explicit with this and I would say this to any one of them that asked me. I would say it out of public. The objective of this was not in the bucket of client experience. It was not to create a client experience. It was for branding. Now, as a business owner, I'm sitting there thinking, I have clients who will be with me for the next six years, the next six days, the next weeks, months, whatever. This project will last forever. Now, I might have an amazing – If let's say I have all the members, and we were talking about this, all the members sign it, and it's only something members only or that kind of scenario. Hey, the project would take way longer to complete. For sure. You know? And then what happens when it's full? Do you go back and search and erase the people who had left? It's like the gyms that have the ugly go- – like they have the PR boards of 5K row and bench press and power clean and people's names are up there that haven't been erased forever. And so, and I didn't want to create a living testament to my love for the members. That happens in everything that we do in here, right? This is something that is going – it's more for the brand of urban movement. If this is great here, you know fucking well it's going to be replicated at every location we so do. So can I tell you what this sounds more yes. like? It sounds more like a tattoo. 
So I look at tattoos as like points of time in your life where it's like, I was right, you and I have a ton. So it's like at some point, I can tell you what was going on in my life when I got these tattoos more excitedly than I tell you the meaning of them. Sure. And I think that that's what like people would be like, man, that was a dope event. You yeah. had a hundred people there. It was going crazy. Like, I think that that's going to be more of the essence of it than it will be like, this is what we do, right? Like we stand here and we have all of our members walk up in single file, like some kind of fucking, you know, Nazi yeah, like camp. Yeah, they join where the gym and they go for their yeah, bridge. It just yeah. like, like this isn't a square on Hollywood exactly. strip, that kind of thing. Can I ask you a crazy question? I don't even know if this is possible because I don't own a building. It, would it be possible to do this outside the building on the side that faces the street over here? Because there's something to me that's like, if you want this fucking thing to – like that is fucking eye-catching. And if it looks the way that I'm imagining it, people will stop on the street and like they'll see it coming from sweat local. So we've got without three putting bay doors on the far side. Yeah, so but isn't there a brick underneath it, or what's underneath that? I mean, yeah, there's brick, but there's not a. You wouldn't want it. You would want it level with the bay doors. That's like car height level. Like looking yeah, at yeah, a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm imagining is like this is better than a street sign. This is better than an urban movement lives here. It's like, a, what are they doing in there? Because urban movement doesn't tell you. Doesn't so you talk about this gym. being on the outside of the on building. The, literally the outside of the building. So that is the only wall we'd be able to do it on. Right, and the people driving this way, which we know that there's traffic coming up this way of the client because it comes off but of seventy seven. Three big bay doors, big holes in the wall. Under, I'm talking about underneath that. There's not that much space underneath. Oh, it's not it. that much. Well, space. we can go look at it after this. But I mean, I get what you're. You're onto a beautiful idea. Because I think the the, the concept is like, when I walk by, I, this is what I was talking about, Freddie and his coffee shop, and I'm like. The sign on the street shouldn't say South End Grind. Don't make people think. It should just be a sign that says coffee. coffee. Yeah. Now I know I can get coffee there. Like if I owned a gym, I would just put a big sign on the side that says sweat here or gym, right? Because you think that people are smarter than they are. And it's not has, – has less to do with intelligence, more to do with awareness and attention, right? Like 100% of people that are driving around their phones, 100%. So if they look up at the building just to make sure they're not hitting the car in front of them, they don't actually give a shit what your logo is. They don't care about that. And it's not going to register unless it's something so heavily branded like a Starbucks. But if I look up and I see sweat local, I know what's going on in there. I know that people are sweating in there. That's interesting. That's eye-catching. That's something that to me could be more iconic than something that happens inside the four walls. You know what would be really cool? We do it on also like another project. We do the find your movement or one other kind of tagline on the roof and do some sick drone footage. Like just Hell doing yeah. it on the roof. That yeah. would be sick. I mean, no one would ever see it except for that drone except footage. Except for that one drone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> one fucking drone. <laughs> that one fucking it. drone that has two wings left. <laughs> Breaks all the propellers. I, fuck, I hit some uh, I hit some power lines when I was flying the drone in Nashville. But um, yeah, but I think what's cool about that is that people don't like to promote in a way that feel like I'm talking about when I say people, I mean the people that are users, the people that are passerbys. Um, they're just less likely to say like urban movement. It's just yeah. like, it seems like less, it feels like you're promoting it. Sure. And we've talked about other people that like, eventually that kind of wears off. You're yeah. like, I'm sick of you fucking referring me to places. Yep. But like, they won't even think urban move. They'll just see sweat local. Sure. And talk about it. Yep. Because like, man, did you see that building that had, it's when they, when they did that new mural over by, oh my God, I'm going to mess this up. Uh, off of Bland Street with the Charlotte Crown. And yeah, yeah, yeah. People talked about that for months yeah. after it was done. I still don't actually know what that building is, but I could take people to it, and I would take people to it to see how nicely it was put together. Now you have something that extends beyond the name of your gym, 
And if you go and open one up in Nashville, ask, it's like, good, uh, look at that sweat local. Hollis and the Austin, fact that it's trademarked. How to do it with the three bay doors. Yeah. Because the, 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 that street's going to be such high visibility. I yeah. think that that's a got super a lot, cool I got a idea. lot of good free shit out of Joe today. Good God. <laughs> but can, before we end this thing, yes. I really do want to circle back to my favorite part. So your homework for me was to watch your video when you were out in Nashville. I just needed to add more views. And I Did you subscribe? It. Huh? Did no, you subscribe? I've never subscribed <laughs> to shit. Cocksucker. You know how much I care about my YouTube. You're going to have to earn that. Um, so I want to talk about, because I feel like I've talked about this about you more than you have, which is your sales background how sales motivated you were, and I shouldn't say motivated, how sales taught you were. It was drilled into you. Nobody realized I learned sales in the hood. I was the only white person. Right, so like, and adversity even aside, the thought that like, that was your introduction to business, like to being like, how the fuck am I gonna get more people to do this and to hit this number, right? Someone gave you a very specific goal. That's like someone turning to me right now and be like, you need to lose eight pounds by the end of this month. It doesn't matter how to do it. Sure. They didn't say use the keto diet. They didn't say go to the spin class. They didn't say run every day. They just said lose eight pounds. Now, your whole mind blanks everything out. It's like, I need to find any way that I can to lose these eight pounds. Yeah. And I feel like if people took that approach to sale, I feel like there's a, a big understanding, at least in the people that I've talked to, the clients that I have within the micro gym industry, there's not that emphasis on pushing people through a funnel unless it's automated on online, right? Like, oh, I'm going to put up this new thing. It's a seven page, how to get a better squat. And you're going to put your email address in and then they're going to get sent to this page. And if they fill out this and they're a female, they're going to get three more. It's like, oh my God. Okay. So what you're happened? such a good nerd impersonation. Yeah. It's because I am one. So, <laughs> so in your ripped jeans, there's nothing that makes me air force one. <laughs> Listen, just because I don't look like a janitor that got fired for Lululemon doesn't mean <laughs> that I'm not also cool. He's referring to me. Um, so, but I got off a call with a guy the other day, and he said, um, I was like, so what are you looking to do when someone fills out a form on this page of your website? And he goes, Joe, I just need a phone number because I call. Like, immediately I'm calling, and I'm just trying to get them on the phone. I do not book online. I don't use any Calendly and Acuity. Like, I call them or get someone on my staff to call them immediately or as soon as we can and get them on the phone before they get in here. All the scheduling is done on the phone. And right off the bat, like it gave me, like, I was like half hard because I'm like, this is a guy that just gets it. Yeah, yeah. He gets that this touch point matters so much sure. that it's not automated. Because guess what? Automating your entire process from coming in off of an online ad to the end of the gym is part of your brand. Yep. That is part of the brand because all of those initial, you're telling me the first part of your six, problem. The first six touch points you have, you're not directly involved in, and you think that you're going to convert people? Like, yep. why? Why would you think that? Is that what if every time you want to return something, you went doo -doo -doo, press one for you go fucking nuts. You yep. hate when you call a service number and you have to put in 16 numbers to get to a person. Yep. You're just like press zero, 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 zero until I get to a person. Yep. So why do you think that your business is different? And I, I hate to feel like I'm painting a broad stroke, but I do feel like for the majority of the people I that fair. I work with, I think it's fair. They're not they're not even sales folks. It's like I don't know if they're maybe just ignorant to the entire process of it. But when I think about when I signed up for Gold's Gym for the very first time, I was going to sign up for whatever that guy told me to. He just got me, and I never saw him again. He signed me up. I mean, for all I knew, that they were going to be foot massages for my first month. I had no idea what was going But he had me. He had my attention. I wasn't going anywhere. I felt a little uncomfortable, but I also felt like I should be there. And he sold me on that day. And you know how many emails he sent me? None. Yep. Zero emails. Guess how many text messages he sent me? Zero text messages. He called me. He left me a voicemail. I called him back. He got me in the gym. I talked to him. He called me the next day. Like that was the conversation. It was a person. I was dealing with people. 
and we preach this, oh my God, come in and check out our community. Well, that's your first touch points with prospects. That's what people are telling us. Oh yeah. Did you ever try out Urban Movement? No, I filled out their ad online and I, I, they texted me and I got pissed off. So I just deleted it. That's real world shit. Think about how people are actually interacting with it. And it matters so much. So now after my rant, which I wasn't expecting, I'd like you to talk about just a little bit more about that conversation, just in case they didn't watch that YouTube video, because I think that there were some things brought up there, how you got your start that really molded the way that you went into the first CrossFit that you opened in the smaller space, then the bigger one, because you're just like, okay, that's just a new number that yeah. I have to hit. And then with the rebrand, the new target, you layered your way sure. to the exact gym the you wanted. The biggest thing, so you showed up at Urban Active and you didn't have clients as a trainer. They're like, where are you going to get your – I was looking at your it's beard. It's a little pre-cum. It, yeah, it looks like cum all over the top of your what fucking beard. What is that? I think it's just foam. You gave it to me. It's Stella. It's a really classy beard. This, it looks classy. Um, <laughs> I heard they, this is the main beer at Sandals. <laughs> <laughs> this is the beer they drink at Sandals. No, they can't afford this at Sandals. Um, so you didn't have One clients. day we're going to get sponsored by Sandals. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to refer back to the spot where we have to delete this one. I'll talk so much shit, but if they want to throw me some money, I'll totally take it. So you did not get your own clients at Urban Active. You had to go procure your own and capture and eat what you kill kind of scenario, right? So like you didn't show up there like, hi, I'm Trainer Stewart and I know CrossFit. And so who's gonna, are you going to give me my clients? Are you going to give me good? Like go fuck yourself. Get out there, blah, blah, blah. As new leads come in, you can get your crack at them. But you just, it was do or die. And again, in the beginning, and Ambrose talks about it in the podcast more, they only hired sharks. And if you weren't willing to fucking kill you were gone. And it was a very – and again, like I don't feel that the douchey sales tactic – like there's no hard closes to the point of like what I would look at as like the sleazy shit what I've seen in other gyms. But it was like we made you work. Like you had to tell me no probably three to four or five times, like realistically. And that, having a goal, it was the crazy thing to me. Like Amber saw about we would do twenty to $30,000 a month of personal training invoice. 20 to 30,000. Now, yes, it was a global gym where I had probably a hundred fucking names every month. Right. But that's where you hear these Alex Hermosi gyms that are getting 150 leads are doing crazy numbers. It is totally possible with the volume. But the manpower, infrastructure, and money behind it is not micro gym enabled. That's globo gym enabled, right? So when you take that to a micro gym where rent is uh, 3,200, and you need a two thousand dollars a month to live on, and your other total monthly expenses come out to two grand. Let's say we're talking around seven thousand, eight thousand dollars a month, whatever it is your nut is. You know how many PT packages you have to sell. You know how many memberships you have to sell, and you have a goal. But I grew up in a world in which number one, only white dude in the hood. When I talked food stamps, Ambrose talked about there was a woman walking around with a empty Crisco jug. She had rinsed out of Crisco and filled with water. That was her water bottle. We're talking hood, and we would have we had uh, we had these uh, the four main PT packages that were very expensive, and on the back side of the price freezer sheet, we had eight other what we called overload options. Essentially, an overload option was getting people to give us the smallest amount of money possible on a twelve month retainer. Got it. We would nickel and dime one percent of the time these like eighty five dollar a month PT packages where you saw someone once a month and then you saw them every two months. Like it was just the most <laughs> right. bullshit. But whatever, we sold it. And that was it. And like I had to hit goal. And I, I don't I'm not sure if I still hold the record there if they whatever sold, but I had the highest grossing sales in that location in the hood. And it was fucking hilarious because I was the white dude. And how much of that was hand to hand combat? It, it was all hand to hand combat. See, that's, was, that's the my point. Yeah, it's yeah. like 
I, that's what I feel It wasn't like, like, go get clients, and then I sent them a text message. Right. It wasn't like you send out three email blasts yeah. and sat back and was like, some of these will get back to me. It was like, I'm going to go f- pursue these people. And again, I never heard this term until you talk about it, but floor poll. Yeah. Like, uh, just for them, just explain what yeah, floor, floor poll Yeah, floor poll, so is when you go out to the floor, someone who's already a client at a Globo Gym, they are performing an exercise incorrectly or not optimally, and you go up and interrupt them, get to take their earbuds out of their ears, and say, ma'am, I see what you're doing. Would you mind if I showed you that in a different way? I think you're going to get better results. And then you put in a little bit of value. You pretty much gave them kind of like a quarter of a free PT session. And they said, hey, so what exactly are you working on? And be like, well, I'm trying to do this. Well, come here, sit down with me for a second because this is not going to – what you're doing now is not going to get you there. And you essentially created your own consultation. Okay, so tell me how that would be done in a CrossFit gym. In a CrossFit gym, I jet, the first, one of the first videos go to my open gym video, one of the first ones I ever created back in the day. Plug. <laughs> and uh, I talked about open gym and why gyms should do it. Gyms should allow open gyms, sell at a normal membership cost. And when somebody comes in to do open gym and they're in there and there's no one else going on and that person's working on their snatch and their snatch looks like a complete fucking coat hanger abortion – you go up and be like, dude, listen, what exactly are you working on? Oh, I want to PR my snatch. I want to be a rich fund. What? I'm not going to lie, but it, how long have you been snatching for? Well, three weeks. Cool. Who taught you? YouTube. Okay. So let me show you a few things. Give him a few pointers. Walk the fuck away. The next day when deliver he comes value. in. Deliver value. Yeah, deliver value. One. Walk yep. the fuck away. Same, rinse and repeat, and then eventually like, listen, man, are these things been helping you? Yeah, so much. Bottom line, here's the deal. I'm, I want you to train me. Yes, it's going to cost you some money, but I promise you if I told you I can help you PR your snatch by the end of the month, would that be worth 200 300 whatever the dollar amount is to you? Yes or no? And just look them dead in the fucking eyes, and they say yes. Yeah. I, and, They'll and buy the, $300 pair of Nike Romalos for it to PR because they think it'll help their snatch. They will spend 70 80 90 whatever your hourly PT is. And I the more beautiful you. thing about that is how much did that cost you? Yeah time and that's it that you have already which you have and that's the thing it's like you're already in the gym and that's the other big complaint right like well joe i don't have time to go to the mall and do these things i don't have like you're saying about going to events well i'm working you know like how would i i need to automate that do you really do that time assessment i know you've talked about this in your videos where it's like if you actually sat down had to log every hour of your day like go look you can make time you're already at the gym these are people in your gym upselling is way easy they're already a customer they're already interested in your product they're already happy with your product or else they wouldn't be members anymore. Why wouldn't you think that that's a great viable source of some more income? Now they come in, they say, holy shit, I joined Urban Movement. I was just in there for an open gym. I PR'd my snatch. I'm super excited. Guess what happens? I post about it. I tell my friend about it. I call my parents and tell them. That's how it works. And now that spread of love for your gym comes from you upselling a guy that was already interested in your gym. Yeah. Right? It's like, these are just the paths that I think that people neglect because there's so many good buzz things out there that they'd rather be talking about. Sure. People would rather be, I know a little bit about every marketing tactic that's ever been made. Power editor. Right. Yeah, that, yeah. The, you know what I mean? They want to tell me all the different ways that they're leveraging SEO. And I'm like, cool. So what does that return to you? And why aren't you talking to people? Yeah. Why aren't you interacting with your members? Because there's so many side benefits to interacting with people on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and I also think that you know, we talk about this automation process of people coming in. If your first touch point with them is in your first sale, which is getting people through the door, I just feel like seeing them and talking to them gives you such a better chance at having that first interaction go well, right? Like if I've already interacted with six of your ads before I walk in the door, I have a fundamental understanding that you're going to know something about me when I walk in there. And if I don't, my expectation is so low 
that it would take anything, just the smallest bit of information to exceed that expectation, right? So you get me on the phone, you know something about it. I say, I drop something like, oh, I wear the, I got these new J's, right? I'm super excited. It just happens to come up in our conversation on the phone. And the first time I walk in, you say, hey, by the way, you see those new J's that dropped yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. It, it just creates that instant bond. And I think for me, it's a little bit instinctual. So I just don't, I don't understand why people aren't doing it. But I hear them on the phones and they're, this is not the kind of conversation they're having. They're like running off a script. They're picking it up and they're just like, so I have, I offer these three classes and yeah. these are the memberships. Are you interested yeah, or not? The tone and delivery is script based. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of these things. Alrighty, boys. It is. We're well past it. This was a long one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Next episode of Jam with Joe airing whenever the fuck we decide to air it. <laughs> Flex, YouTube, What the Fuck Jim Talk, Micro Jim University. Do it. Bye. See ya.